Welcome to another exciting episode of the Path to Manliness podcast. I am Ryan Feldman, and I am joined here with David Feldman. Now, there is no relation there, contrary to popular belief, which <laughs> I can understand the mistake. Um, David Feldman is a uh, licensed professional counselor, which I think you're the second one I've had on this show now. Cool, um, cool. Is there anything else you'd like to add to introduce yourself? I'll let you go ahead and explain who you are. Yeah, well, first of all, it's great to be here, Ryan. Thank you. And um, yeah, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a bunch of kids, uh, I'm a small business owner, and um, I'm a proud Hasidic Jewish man and a licensed therapist. So yeah, I love working with couples and with uh, especially men, dealing with relationship issues, parenting issues, and um, even business-related issues. I've had my own, you know, my own you know, my own private business for the last 20 years and I'm still here. You know, I still, I still have an office. I know it's like a miracle. So yeah, it is a miracle. 20 years is a long time in the business world. <laughs> yeah, it is. So thank God. Well, that's, that's pretty intense. I saw on your website, all the, the different um, counseling you do. Um, it looks like you're, you're pretty busy. I didn't realize how much um, business counseling was out there. I'd never even thought about it. So what are like some common problems that people bring to you with business counseling? Yeah, yeah, certainly no problem. Um, a lot of times men come to me with issues balancing their work and life and their private life, you know, push and pull of that dynamic and how much time they should spend at the office. And, you know, uh, you know, just the balance is really tough for a lot of people. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've, I've had issues with that myself, so I can understand that. Yeah. Um, well, that's very interesting. So how long are you doing the, uh, the counseling? Um, I started, I got my, my counseling, my master's in counseling. Um, I started the process in about five or six years ago. And um, I mean, I've been counseling my whole life informally, but, um, you know, as formally, I decided I was finally going to get my master's degree. And, uh, and here we are, it's about five years later. So yeah, it's been a great, great path. Awesome. Yeah. It must be working, working well for you. And uh, I like what you said in your mission there. You said, um, helping others is not a profession. It's a life purpose. Yes. I found that really relatable. Um, you know, I think a lot of people think that I do what I do because of the money, which um, honestly, it's not as much as people may think, at least not yet. I've only been doing this for a year. Um, but it's really fulfilling. And uh, I think that's something that a lot of people have missing in their life. They get focused on career and buying the big house and the car, but they don't think about what they actually want to do. They don't think about what their, their purpose is, you know? So I tell people all the time, like if you need to find your, your purpose, your mission, I get asked this all the time. I say, you start writing and as you start writing, eventually it'll appear to you. Um, so if somebody comes to you asking, like, I need to find meaning in their life, I need, I need purpose. What is your answer? What do you tell these people how they can find their own mission and their own purpose? Well, I usually suggest that, um, you know, mission and purpose are a combination of two factors. Uh, the first one is, what is it that brings you joy and passion? So you need to really um, have a strong feeling towards something. And then the second factor is, how can you leverage that to help others? So when you combine those two things, you know, what brings you happiness? And then how can you take that passion that you have and that pleasure that you're experiencing and share it with the rest of the world. I find that for most people that gives them a strong sense of purpose. Yeah, absolutely. I, 
And that's what I think most people want, especially men. We want to be able to share with others what, what has worked for us. Um, you know, I was lost through much of my 20s. And, uh, you know, one thing that was a big issue of mine was I was out of balance. I had a lot of things that were going really well in certain areas of my life, but I was neglecting others. And I didn't realize the importance of not just staying in shape, but like really, you know, finding a hobby that keeps you active and uh, um, finding ways to be more social. I, I got way too fixated on my job and I, I didn't worry about it. I figured when I get older, all the other pieces would start to fall into place. But, <clears throat> you know, when you start getting too fixated on one aspect of the life and ignoring the others, then, you know, eventually problems start to arise. You start running, um, you start running into all these issues and it gets hard to dig your way out of these holes after a while. Speaking of um, staying active, I was surprised to see on your website that you're into wakeboarding. Oh, a hundred percent. That's awesome. How, how did you get into wakeboarding? Oh yeah, totally into wakeboarding. <laughs> um, well, I grew up on Lake Michigan here in Chicago. Are you familiar yeah. with this area over here? I know the area very well. Um, I grew up not too far from there, actually. Uh -huh. So I grew up here in Lake Michigan, and I started water skiing at a very young age. And um, once my kids got a little older, yes. I fell in love with the whole idea. Yeah, yeah. And I got, a, I got a boat, I got some boards, and I took my kids. And since then, it's about 15 years now, and it's one of my biggest passions. <laughs> That's such a awesome. great thing. I know it's really funny to watch all these Hasidic Jews running around. You know, <laughs> wait, my beard gets in my face as I go as I go on the boat, but it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I've never got into wakeboarding, but um, it it looks like a good time. It, it looks tough. I mean, is it hard to do? Yeah, it's it's hard and it's fun. Um, but it's a great thing to do with the kids and with the, you know, with the family and friends, you know, just everybody has a good time. Yeah, I'll bet. I mean, anytime on a boat's fun. I've, I've done the, the whole tubing thing. I, I've yeah. tried to do like an actual jet ski, like a stand-up jet ski. And uh -huh. that's a lot more challenging than it looks. Yeah. I'll stick to the old wave runner. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sitting down is much easier. Yeah. But I wanted to mention something that you were talking about a few minutes ago. Um, sure. You know, I, I was just thinking that for many men, um, I feel like we kind of go through um, like the socialization process where we graduate college, even going to college, and today it's even more up in the air with the going to college thing. We just kind of want to do the right thing and, right. We, and we move forward and we move forward and we progress and we give it our all. And then for many of us, there's like this crash that happens, you know, and it's like, a lot of the thoughts and dreams and ideas that we had just kind of fall apart. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that happens in different ways for different people. Um, there was a, there was an article I found really relatable called uh, my so-called quarter life crisis. And um, the headline alone kind of explains what it means. But when I was around like 25 or 26, I just kind of got disillusions with, with everything. I was frustrated. Uh, things weren't really going exactly how I pictured, which was funny because I, I had a lot of things going right in my life, but you know, uh -huh. my, my relationship with my girlfriend was kind of deteriorating. And at the same time, uh, 
I was really struggling with the the shift from having all my friends around me in college to moving to the small town in the Midwest where I didn't know very many people and just spent a lot of nights kind of either going out. Yes. Yeah. I, sp- I spent a lot of nights just kind of going out drinking with the same old work buddies and it just, it felt like that was my life and it felt like things weren't getting any better and I didn't know where to go from there. So uh, it took me a few years to kind of figure all that out. But like you said, this whole uh, socialization process, you know, and, and then it's like, like once once we go through that, once we go through that crash, and once we yeah. experience that, that's when the meaning, because you were asking before, that's when like meaning and purpose really hits us. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely, definitely. And, um, you know, that's it's kind of what led to the creation of the Path to Manliness. The idea was like, hey, look, you guys get thrown out to the world after college or maybe not even after college. And it's just like good luck you're on your own there's no real training program like hopefully your parents did a good job but they didn't raise you for this time period they raised you for their time period everything's changing constantly and even now so it's there's a lot more to life than just learning the right subjects and knowing how to you know pay the bills and take care of your job and there's there's so many more important things taking care of yourself taking care of your mind um, staying healthy meeting the right people one thing that I think is um, completely underrated, even from a selfish standpoint, is volunteering. And oh, it sounds strange to say it like that, but it's something that can really help you. It gives you a sense of purpose. Um, it, it makes you feel good about yourself. You know, a lot of these people have like mood problems, you know, and I'll, I'll ask them like, well, what do you do? Like, what is, what do you enjoy in life? You know, and a lot of guys that find themselves depressed or unhappy that, they're focusing on like short term stuff or, um, you know, going out drinking playing video games, watching sports. They're not focused on the longer term goals, like, you know, pursuing their mission, maybe volunteering with some people, um, finding some activity like wakeboarding, something that can keep them engaged, like, you know, day in and day out. Yeah. You know, you know, what other tips do you have for, uh, you know, helping through this, socialization process like how do you help these young guys well, adapt to um, the world i think that you know having a mentor in your life is very very important if that's if that's something that's possible for you yeah. um and that's one of the one of the, um is that there are a lot of dangers in our particular area of twitter but you know if you can latch on to some people that inspire you um there's a lot of positive energy Yes, I had mentioned your book and definitely the kind of energy that you're putting out there. Um, I know my DMs are full with young men who are asking me for advice on whether it's relationships or marriage or um, even coming to me for business ideas and, you know, how they're going to handle it. And young women also and older women, you know, people are looking for leaders and mentors. And I love that in our area of Twitter, whether it's fitness or in relationships or other areas, there are a bunch of people who have stepped up into that leadership role. And that's wonderful for, for young people to, you know, participate in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, there, there definitely are some aspects of our people on Twitter and groups on Twitter. that They can lead you down the wrong path. Um, you know, and it's, it's up to, 
it's up to you to figure out which which people are worth listening to, which ones aren't, and that can be a that can be a trouble for a lot of people. Um, fortunately, there is a lot of um, different choices, and as you grow up, you start to kind of realize who's you know speaking truth and who's kind of just blowing smoke up your butt, or uh, you know maybe they're not even wrong, maybe they're right, but they're focusing in the wrong areas. I think there's a lot of that. Um, you know, I got a little fixated on politics, a couple points in my life. And I, I've just got to the point now where I just, one, I don't really care anymore. And two, I don't see how it provides value. And, you know, unless you want to get focused on like the local politics in your own area, I think it's a waste of time personally. And it can <clears throat> cause a lot of, you know, mental anguish. A lot of people get really hung up on it, especially lately. Oh yeah. It's incredible. It's like, I, I find that like I'm, I get, I, with all the action going on around politics today, it's a miracle that anybody reads anything else online except yeah. for, <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody said to me that uh, somebody had just recently published a book and it wasn't doing as well as they thought. So I said, you know, what do you think uh, the reason is? He said, well, he said, Donald Trump sucks all the energy out of <laughs> Every single thing that's going on in society, nobody wants to know anything except for what's going on. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's true. You know, it's like love him or hate him. And I think the people that hate him are even more fixated on him than the ones that love him. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's you, <laughs> so entertaining. It is. Yeah. So I don't really talk about it. I probably should maybe write a blog post on why politics is wasting your life or something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll make a note of that one, but it is, um, it's just, it's really easy and it's not just Twitter. It's really easy to fall into these like negative traps where you're just fixated on that. Um, same thing with sports. I used to, and I still like sports, but I used to be obsessed with football and, uh, if my bears didn't do good one week. It kind of bummed me out and threw my yeah. week off a little bit. Yeah. Right. Not, now I'm at a point where it doesn't affect my life, but yeah. But I think what's interesting also with regards, especially in our area with speaking about men, you know, yeah. um, it, this may be a little controversial, but I kind of oftentimes will say things that are a little bit out of the box. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this as well. Go for um, it. Yeah. Sometimes I feel that for a man who's feeling um, jaded, that finding solace in some of the negative energy online uh, gives them an opportunity to emotionally feel, experience emotional empathy with <laughs> what they've been through. And um, it, it's kind of like some of the negative areas. And I, again, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that this is what people should do, but I know that a lot of people who have come to me have done so after they've kind of touched that negative side and, and kind of w w wallowed in it a little bit and then decided, you know what, this isn't for me. But it's like a turning point for them. It's like they almost like get to see like, hey, I could go down this path and that's gonna, that, that may feel good because it's like a cheerleader for my pain, but ultimately it's not gonna lead me to a good place. You know, and it's like, you can't bypass that process though. That's the thing. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's kind of frustrating. It's, it's like when you want to show your kids or somebody else like the correct thing to do, but they somehow think they're special or unique. They have to see 
uh, firsthand for themselves. They have to see why it's wrong and, and why it's a bad thing to do. And especially in our corner of Twitter, you see a lot of people that have, that have gone through some sort of a dark path. Uh, some of them have been through prison. Uh, a lot of them have been through divorce, um, job loss. It's almost like you have to fail to really kind of push yourself into a, a different direction. I've, I've recently kind of, I used to hate failure. I was a straight A student all throughout high school. And wow. for a long time, I could count like on the palm of my hand, like the number of like serious failures that I had had. And as I've gotten older, you know, uh, I forget <laughs> those counts. <laughs> yeah. So it took me a long time, really until recently, to finally figure out that you shouldn't be afraid of failure because really it's just, it's critical feedback. And I'm not saying you should intentionally go out and fail, but if you're never failing, you're not pushing yourself. You're not trying new things. You go, right. out there and you go down these paths, you probably shouldn't have gone down. And it's just, it helps you figure out where it is you're supposed to go in this life. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's where people get their energy for change, you know, and, right. um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's amazing how people, you know, when people are on the rebound, it's un unbelievable how much progress they can make, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you're going through it, it doesn't seem like, you know, you're ever going to get through it. It feels like you're just stuck in this and it's never going to get better and you kind of lose perspective. Um, but I, I think the more times you go through these, these painful moments, the more failures you experience, the more comfortable you are the next time. When next time when something goes wrong, it's like, well, you know what? I handled myself just fine throughout the divorce, or I handled myself just fine when I couldn't afford to pay my bills. This is not a, this isn't a real problem. I've had oh, yeah. worse. I can yeah. get through this. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I find with relationships too. Like that's a lot of my work with relationships yeah. is teaching men how to handle the, um, the angst of yeah i'm not joking you yeah it's i mean you said you've been divorced you explained yeah. that so you, you know tremendously firsthand what i'm talking about you know yeah it was how uh, to handle that you know how to how to handle that and, and build that relationship muscle you know we, we we go into relationships thinking i tweeted about this this morning that you know your wife is your partner you know and um i got in kind of a little bit of a tiff with uh Dr. Taylor Burroughs, who you never want to go up against, by the way. But <laughs> good to know. Um, stay on her good side. Yeah, you got to always stay on her good side. Um, I think I came out okay. <laughs> but, um, but, and she was coming from a very positive perspective, but from the opposite side. But the point being was that I'm like, no, you know, you're, you're not going into a relationship to find a partner. When you go into marriage, you're taking on a responsibility. And it's a completely different perspective. You know, I am responsible for my marriage, whether my wife turns out to be a partner, a great partner, a not so great partner. That's nice. I, I hope that she's a great partner. I want her to right. be a great partner. I'm gonna look for a great partner. But if she's not, you don't open up the car door and let her out the other side. I mean, that's just <laughs> it works. <laughs> and we and we go into relationships thinking that that's the way it's supposed to be. So we get all upset when it's not yeah. the way we think it's supposed to be. And then it's like I'm working with men, kind of helping them exercise and strengthen that muscle. Wow, this is disappointing. Or wow, this doesn't live up to what I what my fantasy. Or wow, this isn't my expectation. Or, or wow, this sucks. I can't believe you know 
this is happening, you know, and, and, um, and trying to help them as much as I can, you know, hold their course and stay a leader inside that relationship and kind of see it from a high level perspective. Yeah. Um, the one thing I've, I've seen, especially lately, and I guess even when I was growing up too, there's, um, there's a lot of like panic in men and, and anxiety over finding a girlfriend or keeping one. So I'm seeing a lot of guys that'll stay in a relationship that maybe they should have bailed on uh, just out of that fear, you know, and I know there's online dating, there's all this stuff, but it, it doesn't seem like that's helping the men. It, to me, it seems like it gives the women um, more options and it's leading to a, a social dynamic where it's so much easier to go find the next big thing that guys are afraid of what they're, of just losing what they have and they don't yeah. even think about are they even happy with where they are do they even care if they lose what they you know i i don't i don't know what what advice you give to guys that are like you know trying to what advice would you give a guy that wants to go out and find a good partner how do you do that in today's day and age yeah you know i'm like an old antiquated <laughs> fossil when it comes to this. I mean, the last time I dated was in 1990. Okay. <laughs> so that's a little while ago. Um, I would say, but, but the advice that I've given is, and this is, again, this is not conventional, but um, I always recommend, first of all, that the man um, has to be what everyone likes to term today, the best version of himself. Meaning right. he has to be, you know, he doesn't have to be anything for anybody other than for himself, but he needs to, you know, he, he, he should want to be the best version of himself, you know, have something going on and, and enjoy what he's doing, be comfortable with what he's doing and who he is. You know, that's basically, that's the first thing. Yeah. And then the second, I think that step gets skipped a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. I bet. Well, listen, you know, listen, I don't know about you, but it sounds to me like you, you didn't discover who you are till you were you know, much older. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're expecting these 21 year olds to, to be like that. And it's just not going to happen. Yeah. I think, know? I think the secret is, I don't know if you ever do find like the complete picture, but I think you kind of discover who you are in pieces and in stages. Um, you know, I had like the, uh, the job path figured out really early. Uh -huh. um, probably when I was around like, 19 or 20 I had it figured out and I can say that now looking back on it because I've, I've gone down the path I expected and people focus on that a lot like oh wow I wish my son was had his life together like you do I'm like well that part was good but <laughs> there's there's some other parts that weren't so good <laughs> right you know but behind the scenes of working really hard and being really successful maybe I was drinking a little too much I wasn't working out enough and, you know but yeah by piece you kind of find out who you are yeah, and then and then the next piece is um, you want to find a woman who who ha shares your common values and wants to be a part of yeah. what you're what you're trying to create. You know, most people, you know, I always like to tell the story. Most men, um, you know, you date and you enjoy the relationship. You really like this girl, and you're and you're continuing on. And then one day, either you want to take the relationship to the next level. So what do you do? You get married, right? What's the next level after a long-term relationship? You know, uh, obviously after a Tinder date then becomes commitment and then after commitment becomes a long-term relationship and after a long-term relationship becomes marriage, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I say like, no, that's not the way it works. Marriage isn't the next step in a relationship. 
Marriage is a completely different animal altogether. It's the foundation of building a life together with this individual who you feel is going to um, uh, be your partner on some level who you're responsible for um, to build a legacy in a family. And if yeah. you don't have that vision in mind, you're just begging for a world of hurt. That's really what you're doing. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't even think about you know, the serious questions that maybe aren't as fun to ask, um, you know, where do you guys want to live? When and how many kids do you guys want to have? Um, you know, who's going to do the what? Who's going to have what responsibility? I mean, it gets, it gets really complicated really quickly. And a lot of people don't even want to think about it. They just, everything's going fine. Everything's fun and happy. And they're probably still in the honeymoon phase half the time. And they just kind of jump into something before you understand where you're at. A hundred percent. Yeah. What are your thoughts on what? What are your thoughts on commitment? What are your thoughts on? Um, I mean, basic things. What do you? Th you know, yeah. how do you feel about commitment? How do you feel about fidelity? Yeah. How yeah. do you feel about raising kids? Yeah. You know what's and this is a big one. What is your position on intimacy? You know, yeah. is it something that you feel is a responsibility? Is it something that you feel is only you know you only have intimacy when you're feeling like it? You know, um, that's a big problem because I've a lot of been shocked at how common it is for people to get married and then like legitimately not be intimate at all. I, or very rarely, um, you know, everyone makes a joke. Once you get married, you stop having sex, but <laughs> it seems to be like a common problem for a lot of people. And it's kind of mind. I mean, I know people in my personal life. I've known people that have come to me through Twitter and I, I just, I'm kind of blown away by how common it is. And. I've been um, been reading this book by uh, Gene Twenge, iGen. It's all about like the younger okay. generation. Um, oh wow! Uh, so I'm a millennial, barely. I'm almost a lost generation, I guess. But um, this next generation below them, which she calls iGen, you think that with Tinder and social media and all this stuff, these kids would be out having sex, smoking weed, drinking all the time, being big old party animals because it's never been easier, but they're they're doing like nothing they're like not even getting driver's license at 16 um they're waiting until longer they're letting their parents take the reins more they're um they're choosing to play on their phones over having sex because they're so addicted to these things and it's it's mind-blowing to me of how much things have changed so fast it's making me feel old by the way oh yeah absolutely <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't stare at our phones in bed. We stared at each other. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and um, all these all these issues are are of real import. You know, because it doesn't take long within a relationship for either an argument or yeah. a disagreement or a negative emotion or even a negative experience, and then all of a sudden, the intimacy stops. One of the biggest problems in marriages and relationships in general, I think, is um, the the harboring of feelings of problems resentment where something happened something went wrong but only one person realizes it maybe um <laughs> usually i'm i'm probably the one causing the problem but i've had multiple <laughs> times where somebody was mad at me and i, I didn't understand what i had done right um, and now if somebody had explained it to me i'm like yeah I, I shouldn't have done that but i just didn't have realized it at the time yeah um, you know how do you how do you handle like these communication problems where someone's upset about something but not communicating it well or Maybe you're the one causing the problem, which in that case, I think that's, I don't know how you fix that. 
Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that happens very commonly in couples in their communication is that we like to describe the story around something that happened. And once you start talking about the story, it, the, 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 um, the, the controversy never ends because we can fight about the details of the story until the Messiah actually arrives here in the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, the, the, what we want to do, what I do in therapy and what, I, what therapists do in general is that we skip the story almost completely. We get the bare bones of the story to the point where the two people can agree, at least they were in the same place at the same time. And then we focus completely on feelings. We don't talk okay. about the story at all because once we get to the realm of feelings, the story becomes irrelevant. That's really interesting. Yeah. And what's amazing to me, and there's, there's some like old nineties uh, and early odds sitcoms that illustrate this well is like how the same situation can appear so different based on, the feelings from one party to the other. Oh yeah. There's um there's a famous everybody loves I don't know famous, but there's a really popular everybody loves Raymond episode where um something to do with like a can opener and and in Ray's story, you know, he's being all cheery and and happy and uh he spills some tuna juice on him and it's like a gargantuan amount of tuna juice. Like obviously he's embellishing <laughs> his side. And his wife Deborah says her story at the end and and it's like she's uh she's the happy one and he's being the grump and it's like this the most tiny amount of tuna. it's just it's funny how like, it's like, <laughs> and it's just human nature like you know people are not good witnesses so um yeah and it's like when, when i was explaining to this one um woman who i was dealing with and uh you know she would she would was constantly getting into a, the same fight with her with her yeah. spouse and um and when I dissected what was going on, I realized that she was trying to get him to admit to her version of what happened. <laughs> so when I realized that, I said, okay, let's put the brakes on this for a second. And rather than tell him what you think happened and how awful it was, just tell him how you felt about whatever you experienced. Right. And she said, you know, when this and this, when I experienced this and this, um, I felt devastated. I felt abandoned. I felt sad. I felt angry. I felt hurt. I felt like crying. And like her spouse just completely, if you could take a picture of the look on his face, I mean, it, it would be like a, a, a sculpture that you would put in somewhere in Italy, you know, for sadness and for remorse. He felt so devastated that he had caused her such pain or that even that she had gone through such pain, forget about it, that he had caused her, that she had gone through such pain, that he committed to never wanting to have anything to do with it ever again. And it wow. was like, that's, that's the difference because no man wants to hurt, I shouldn't say no man, most men do not want to, we're not in relationships to hurt each other. Right. So, so rather than fight about what happened, we, we can discuss how we feel about things. And for most men, if you share, if a woman especially shares a feeling of what she went through, we want to be the hero. We don't want to be the, the, the beast. That's yeah, not, that's not, you know. absolutely. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a common problem. It's, they don't realize what was happening. You know, you don't understand yeah. what you did. I get that. So, so what are some of the most common problems you see like in relationship fights? 
Um, you know, it's funny. Recently, what I've been seeing a lot of is, um, and this is just par for the course, uh, I feel like there's a lot of control going on in relationships where, um, and in my particular practice, I deal mainly with men, where men feel very controlled by really? the women in their relationships. See, I would have the opposite. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know, I, I would have thought so as well. Um, they feel criticized, they feel controlled, they feel like they're being told what to do, they're being... Um, basically put down and they don't know how to handle it you know before they know it they're being put in this corner where they're the bad guy every single every single minute of the day and yeah uh, sounds like you can you can relate to what i'm talking about a little bit <laughs> yeah um you know you think of people being controlling as being like stronger and dominant and sometimes it's a petite little girl that's just emotionally more intelligent than you and i hate that word emotional intelligence but there's there's something to be said for people that know how to manipulate. And if you're unfamiliar with it, or if you're still stuck in that, like every woman's a damsel in distress mindset, you can be kind of caught off guard by these um, women that can make you feel whatever they want you to feel. And they can turn things around and these like little subtle things they do, they can kind of condition your behavior. Oh yeah. Well, this is, this is, I, I, I'm not, I, my, in my situation, I'm not dealing with women who are trying to manipulate so much as they don't realize that they don't realize that what they're saying, the effect it's having on him. Okay. They think they're just being helpful. Let's just say, yeah. you know, or they think that they're just doing what's right for the relationship. And then, and if we were to strip away all of the other factors, Oftentimes, whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish is actually good for the relationship. You know, they're not, they're not coming and saying stupid things. They're coming and saying smart things. But, right. but it needs to be conveyed in a way that can be heard by the other partner. You know, and like you said, emotions are the realm of the feminine. You know, and we're just oftentimes these happy-go-lucky kind of guys. <laughs> And we don't know anything. We just trying to make everyone happy or do what's right yeah. or, you know, and next thing you know, you know, the house is burning down, you know, yeah. emotionally. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think communication's a, a huge problem here. Um, another big takeaway, another big theme that we've been discussing so far seems to be that for the most part, just about everybody means well and is doing what they think is best. And if they're doing something wrong, instead of looking at them as if they're this evil person trying to wreck your life, maybe just talk to them first and explain what your issue is before yeah. it turns into a battle. Right. Yeah. And I think part of this comes with age too. Not always. I've seen older couples have constant fights too, but I, when you're younger, especially in your first relationship, like every little thing that goes wrong is like the worst thing ever. You've never dealt with it before and you don't know where to go from there. And you still might think you're going to marry your high school sweetheart or whatever. And then as you get older, you start realizing what's worth fighting over and what's worth just ignoring. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a big lesson for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I know in my house, you know, unless it's like a huge problem that would affect some of the foundational values of our relationship, 
I yeah. won't fight over it. I just will that, just let it go. <laughs> that's how my household is, and, and it's great. And the nice thing about it is if um, – you know, if my girlfriend comes to me with like a legitimate grievance, if she's upset about something, like I'm listening, I'm like, all right, she doesn't complain about every little thing. This one's bothering her. Like, I want to know what's wrong, you know, yeah, whereas you. in relationships in the past where it's like almost every day, something's going wrong. Like I kind of just start tuning it out eventually. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll deal with the next problem tomorrow. I don't care about today. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's a huge thing. Um, especially in young relationships, teenagers, early twenties, just, not getting hung up on over some little thing, you know, <laughs> it's hard, you know, because it's, you're not just fighting over the thing you're fighting over your position in the relationship. You're fighting yeah. over your, your ego, your authority, your lack of authority. You know, it's everything yeah. is escalated to way beyond the actual topic at hand. Yeah. It's a lot of deep seated issues that some people aren't even ready to confront me. They don't even know that's there. Oh, of course. A lot of, of insecurities. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, is there any books that you recommend or anything that you recommend people like, what do you, what do you tell people that um, are having issues is counseling their best option or is there something they should do before they go into it? Um, well, I definitely, um, I, I, you know, I, I think either counseling or mentorship or coaching, you know, yeah. um, from people who you connect with, who you feel, who you feel you can, can hear you. Yeah. You know, there's, there's two aspects. There's two primary aspects that I serve. Um, two primary purposes that I serve. And this is, a, I think, an important point that sometimes people don't realize. And that is that men need to be heard. And there's not really that many places that a man can go to just let it all out with like no editing, no PC, nothing like that. They just completely, and I've had my clients, they say to me, okay, I'm paying you for an hour. The first 30 minutes, I don't want you to say a word. <laughs> wow. And they I just, just let it out. Oh yeah. They just go to town. And I'm like, I'm like, let me hear everything. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want, I want to hear every single detail. I want to <laughs> exactly how you feel about it. Let's go. I'm right here for you. You know? Yeah, it's, it's true. Um, I've gotten frustrated because for a year now I've been saying that on Twitter, there's like no male only spaces, like just in general. Yeah. I don't really have an answer for it. I, and I ask it still once in a while, but there really isn't one. Um, there's, you can kind of try to find it, but even like when you're around just your guy friends, it's still hard to let loose. Cause it, it, at some point the guys are like, Oh, come on, man up or quit being a bitch or whatever. Oh, yeah. there, there's a lot of problems with that. The man up phrase, which I get it in a lot of ways. It makes sense, but there's, there's man up because you know, you crashed your car and you don't have the money to fix it. Like figure out how to handle it versus like you're having a legitimate problem and you don't know what to do. Uh, you know how many men commit suicide versus women i think it's three times as much right you know is man up the answer for them too yeah right what about a a guy that is going to prison and he comes out and he can't get a job because he's a felon now is man up the answer for that like I, it's a very easy cop out i don't i don't know where guys go counseling apparently is the answer well, counseling or a good friend, like sometimes yeah. there's these, even these groups online. Now I've never been to some of these, like, I know there's like, um, excellence groups. And I know that some of the people that work that you and I follow have yeah. wonderful groups. And again, I've never been in there and I would only hope that in addition to, um, 
guiding men on how to be better men, you know, um, which is a man only space. But in addition yeah. to that, it would be nice. Um, and maybe I could do something if that's the case, just for a place for men to be vulnerable and to share um, their frustrations and their feelings about, you know, what's going on. Cause that's also yeah. a big part of it, you know? Yeah. The nice, the internet's nice in that there is some anonymity in some places, um, you know, with like Reddit or even Twitter, you can create anonymous accounts where you can kind of get some things off your chest, but it's, it's not the same. It doesn't feel as personal when you're a different person, when you're a character. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Some of these male only groups I think are, uh, a, I think it's going to be a growing industry if you want to call it that. And uh, it seems like a lot of them are pretty successful. I don't know firsthand of any of them, but um, there's there's definitely a need for it. Uh, there's definitely there's definitely a place for it. It's just it's, it takes a lot of time and, and investment to get into it. Um, yeah, I've I've thought about it myself, but I, I haven't really jumped full hundred uh, percent into it yet, but yeah, you'd be great at, at leading one of those, you know, that you'd be fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Well, all your experience and your wisdom and, you know, all the success that you've had and even your failures. I mean, you put it all I, together in a big package and I would argue, especially because of the failures. I think that's, <laughs> that's the best part, you know? Um, yeah. I, I need to get organized and, and kind of put something together. I think that could be big. I just, it's all about finding the right time and yeah, uh, energy course. to do it. So, yeah, but yeah, I've watched male only spaces get attacked over the years. Um, the video game industry got attacked during Gamergate, and now there's like these gamer girls selling bathwater and all sorts yeah, of it's just it's hysterical. A, it's, <laughs> I just laugh at it too. It's a strange place, though, and the world's changing. Um, you know, uh, in, in politics, even you're starting to see these girls come out. It's like, oh, I'm a huge Trump supporter. It's like, I think you're the same as the gamer girl, but you swapped out the game controller for a mega hat. <laughs> it's crazy. You know what? I think, I don't think men will ever catch on to what's really going on. No, know? not all of them. They'll learn. They'll throw some money out. They'll get burned. They'll figure it out. There's, there's a shocking amount of guys out there that think that someday that girl is going to turn on for, you know, just completely change and be interested in him. But yeah. Uh, there's there's definitely still a lot of naivete out there absolutely <laughs> yeah so you, were, um, you were asking me about books and um, I just want to recommend two that I really like all right um, and they kind of work as they kind of work in conjunction so um, and I, these are a little bit older but not that much older um, the first one is um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name David Deida I believe it is for the way of the superior man and um, have you read that one, Ryan? I have, I have not. Oh, you would love that book. Um, I will check that it's, one out. It's just really fantastic. Um, it's one of the most um, posit male positive uh, books that, that, that's out there and talking all about the power of masculinity and the um, ability of a man to handle whatever situation comes his way in a way that is just very, very uplifting and um, powerful, courageous wow. in the leadership style. So it's like, if I was to say to a man, like, wh what should you do or how should I, how should you be? I would definitely lead him as a first step to this book in a positive okay. way. Yeah, it's great. Um, we'll put that in the show notes below. What was that? 
We'll put that in the show notes below. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then the opposite, which I think is like the push and pull of relationships. So the opposite one would be um, No More Mr. Nice Guy by um, Dr. Glover. Did you read that? I did read that one. That yeah. one's interesting. I like that one. Yeah. So it's like, it's got the, it's got the, these two books give people both sides of the equation. It says, what should I aspire to be like? Yeah. And then what garbage am I not going to allow in my life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the No More Mr. Nice Guy one's a good one because there, there's definitely been times in my life where I've been, I've been told that, like, oh, you're the nice guy, you're the guy that girls want to marry, and I'm like, not interested in that. And it took me a while to kind of figure that out. Um, and I think a lot of guys struggle with that. <laughs> of course, because we all want to. Be, most of us want to be nice guys. That's you know. Yeah, yeah. And then I then I probably maybe auto or course corrected too much. Then people start suggesting <laughs> that I should read the Tucker Max book. I hope they serve beer in hell. Oh yeah. And That's funny. I started reading that book and I'm like, that was like the meanest thing I think anyone's ever told me, <laughs> which I'm nowhere near his level, but yeah, I don't know. it was funny though. I wouldn't recommend that, but it's a funny book anyway. <laughs> so we got no more Mr. Nice guy. In way of the superior man. Yeah, I 100% endorse no more Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. Yeah, I um I say often, on, I probably tweet this out every couple months, but um, guys get this conflated a lot that girls like assholes, but it's not true. They like the confidence. They like a guy that knows what he wants, and they don't want that nice guy that's asking the girl, like, oh, what do you want to do tonight? They, they want they want someone that has a little initiative, like, I'm let's go check out this new place tonight i want to go here let's go do this let's go have fun let's do something so there's i don't know what do you want to do like girls don't want to hear that if yeah. she's asking you she wants an answer she's not right. asking 100%. you to be polite and i think that's where guys get hung up they think that the polite thing to do is to ask them what do they want to do right and i think and i think that know. some of his yeah and i think that's one of his points for me which was very powerful um is not just as it pertains to girls, but also, you know, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but I, you, maybe you can. I think that men have this knight in shining armor, self-sacrifice kind of creed that yeah. we are willing to literally lay down our lives on the tracks. And this starts at a very young age. And we kind of feel like that's what we're supposed to do in life. I've had moments, yeah, um, where I've, I've definitely done that. I've outgrown it. Um, <laughs> I, you get a little jaded as you get older, I guess. You start kind of like losing the innocence of uh, the child as you get, you know, you grow. Um, more so than just relationships, um, you know, working in sales for a long time, I was like, I didn't want to be the pushy sales guy. I didn't want to be like the sleazy car salesman. But at some point, you kind of have to lay it out like, look, you got to, you need this and here's why because if you don't purchase this product here's how you know your life can get worse like and it's not you don't need to be pushy and that you're constantly garaging the guy but you need to explain like look i believe in this i'm telling you why you should do it and here's how you do it but some guys are like look hey if you ever feel like you want to you know do something give me a call sometime you got to put yourself out there you right. got to be willing to hear a no um going back to the girl same thing it's like hey we should do something sometime that's a terrible way to ask a girl out i never ever is that okay <laughs> you, know, you want to be like hey let's what are you doing friday would you like to go see this concert or whatever you, you need to be definitive and put your ego aside and actually like hear a no or yes at least 
in the worst case scenario, she says no to you, move on to the next girl. It's right. Not anymore, right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And 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 it's like sometimes we we have a tendency um, to not only be indecisive in our social life, but we are indecisive and we're we ignore our own needs. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like we, we're so attuned to being that hero. And that's what Mr. That's what for me, a big part of what no more Mr. Nice Guy was about is like, no more me giving up my entire life for the sake of sacrificing for everybody else. Cause that, that's not, no, first of all, nobody else really wants that. Even though we may think they want that they don't, they want to see us leading a productive life outside of them. Yeah. It, it all comes back to balance. You know, it's all yeah. about achieving a good balance. You want to be, not so focused on yourself that you're selfish, but not so focused on other people that you're ignoring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's like one of the, for me, that's one of the most powerful messages. I like that. That's yeah. a good message. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, good deal. Well, hey, I hate to break this up because this is starting to get really interesting, um, but I do have to run. So we're going to, okay. this, we're going to have to cut this one a little short. No problem. But it's been it's been good. I think we've uh, touched on some pretty good issues here. It's been um, my pleasure, yeah. What are some closing thoughts you have? What are some things you want to share that maybe we didn't get to here? Um, well, I, I think that um, you know one of my core beliefs is that um, people can make their life as positive as they want, and that people have the power within them to transform whatever negative energy that they're experiencing into growth which then converts automatically into power and strength and that's all very doable i love it i love yeah. it yeah I, I think um that's one of the secrets of life you start paying attention to people that are really really successful really content with where they are at they have this positive way of thinking even about negative things they 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 know how to bounce back from the adversities of life and turn it into something positive yeah it's a very powerful life hack yeah it's awesome kind of, it's kind of the secret to life <laughs> <laughs> sounds good give me some of that yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. well thank you davi this has been a you. good one yeah um where can people find you if they want to learn more from you um well they can follow me on twitter at david feldman of course um or they can come to my website davidfeldman.com and we'll link them both in the show notes below. Thank you, David, for coming on the show. This is uh, Ryan Feldman, Path Munis, signing off. If you enjoyed this episode of the Path Munis podcast, be sure to write us a review. That way we can reach more men that are lost and need direction in their life. And if you feel that you are lost and you need direction in your life, or you simply are looking for brotherhood, a sense of belonging, a place where you can be a man, a traditional man, and be around other men who are motivated and working to build something themselves. Check out patreon.com slash to gain access to the private Discord server where you can connect with other highly motivated individuals 